Welcome back to the podcast. It's your host, John Scardina. I am so excited for this episode. It is a collaboration with Disaster Tough Podcast and the now famous Zach Borst of EM Weekly. Zach, welcome to the show. John, welcome to the show. Also, because I'm going to also air this show. <laughs> hey, that's fine. That's great. Uh, I, I think um, I think it's kind of fun to do these collaborations between our podcasts because it, it uh, it's an opportunity for more people to hear different types of content and listener styles or, you know, speaker styles and just kind of grow that, that whole thing that we're trying to do with like the readiness lab of like creating, creating a community. So it's always fun to, to see on here and to, to do these uh, collabs. Yeah, no, it's been a minute. I don't think we've, uh, we've done an episode since, uh, I don't know, it was like sometime, I was going to say last semester, but uh, I think it's season <laughs> is the word I'm looking for. Disaster class is in session. Ding, yeah. Ding. <laughs> yeah. Last semester. The um, Funny enough, I got a lot of comments about uh, being on your show from some of my listeners about my after actions of uh, IAEM. Oh, yeah. Basically, one, I wish I knew who he was, and I apologize for not uh, recalling the name right now. But he sent me a lot of comments on LinkedIn um, through a DM about what his thoughts were. And he was, uh, I believe, a regional president. Is that what you guys call him? Uh, I think regional, so, yeah. yeah. Regional president um, on the East Coast. And so just uh, hats off to you uh, you know, for sending that over, uh, listener, and um, telling me what your thoughts are. And I appreciate that. You know, I have a perspective and um, other people love IAEM. And I definitely had a good time when I was out there. Uh, despite having some different perspectives. So I thought, hey, uh, it just shows that these collaborations can really help foster conversations. Oh, definitely. Yeah. No, I think that was good too uh, because it was like kind of the first uh, IEM where I think a lot of people were had gone back to in person. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was like a fresh start. So it's actually probably good for them to also hear like a little bit more honest feedback, you know, like who, the people that typically give feedback online, it's like you either love it or you hate it. And yeah. there's almost no <laughs> like middle ground. So you, you just have a conversation. Me, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it was good to just, uh, to have that opportunity to kind of just talk about stuff. And I was interested to, you know, I like, I've been an IEM convert for a while. So it was just good to kind of hear, uh, you know, I, I do hear plenty of the counter argument for IEM and there's plenty of uh, legitimate discourse that takes place. Uh, so, yeah, it was good. It was a good conversation. Yeah, that was probably the last time we were on one or another's podcast. One one or the other? One or, one or the one other. Or yeah. yeah, sure. A little while. Yeah. The You know, funny enough, I made this offhand comment about uh, like make kind of it was like it was in jest. Like it was a joke about like yeah. soda. Like there was not enough. Pop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And that's the number one comment I got back was like, hey, like, thanks for calling that out. We're going to try to make that change. And I was like, the soda people a <laughs> have a strong presence at IEM. You're influencing an yeah. entire like, do we have to change how we do this? There wasn't enough soda, which Some is hilarious because I don't drink soda. So I think there's too much soda. Yeah. yeah. More beer. Actually, there probably yes. is. Yeah. Water is probably better for the soul. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but some guy's going to pop a Coke next year and they're going to be like, thank you so much. One Another for me and one for my homie, John Scardina. <laughs> yeah, pour a Coke for John Scardina. Uh, I, yeah. Did you, was, was that it? We're done? All right. Hey, it's been a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll see you for the next one. All right, 2023 uh, is... A great time. You actually, I, I was calling it goal setting. You had uh, probably the, the better word for the new year for it. EM. Uh, oh my gosh. Resolutions. resolutions. Yes. Resolutions. I was like, evolutions. Yeah. Evolution. Resolutions. Like trying to resolve myself to some stuff, not just emergency management, but I think like professionally and personally, uh, I feel like the last few years I've not really set goals because it's just like there's so much uncertainty that it's like you either give up so fast because you're like i can't do this like I, there's these things i want to go do but because of covid or whatever like i just they they don't get done and it's like can be really disheartening to like set a goal and like fail at it and mm. i was like that's dumb like you know I, i'm very much a person who's like um, a fan of incrementalism right so like 
if you can't achieve what you're trying to like chip away at it, right? Like how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So, um, so this year I was like, you know what, I think it's going to be important to set some goals, uh, you know, kind of using the, the smart approach to that, the like, uh, you know, have a time frame that's measurable, um, achievable, just like something uh, that you can actually specific, measurable, achievable. What's the R in that? Uh, oh my gosh, uh, specific, <laughs> measurable, attainable, realistic. Uh, yeah, and then uh, time like time timeline. Yeah, so trying to like get something that like there is a there there's some like goal to it because there's also like that little like dopamine hit when you accomplish something, right? Um, and I think we've had like just such a crazy, so I think I've been a part of the company now for like officially full-time, like five, six months, I think about, and yeah. it's been like, there's so much stuff that's like in flux, like, cause we were just like always like working on the next thing that like, sometimes you don't take a second to celebrate like the victory. So like, uh, trying <laughs> to be no even, even just in that sense, like, like, okay, like we did Atlanta, we did Orlando. Uh, we were in Philadelphia, like take a moment and like celebrate stuff like that, like just being more reflective as well. But um, but I'm also ready to move on to 2023 and like do new stuff. So real quick, we're going to pause for this week's disaster tough endorsements. How do you spell Doberman Emergency Management? EOP, OEP, HVA, HMP, Thyra, TTX, Drone, PDA. Whenever you need an expert, Doberman Emergency Management field experts are there for support. Contact an expert at DobermanEMG.com today. The L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio solves problems and is specifically designed for emergency services. How do we know? We field tested it with medical, urban search and rescue in collapsed and confined structures. This radio is amazingly tough. Check out the L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio at L3Harris.com right now. Instinct Ready Kits are awesome. Compact, fully loaded, and easy to place around your office, school, campus, warehouse, wherever. I keep a quick pack in my vehicle and one at home. Imagine Instinct Ready fully loaded Stop the Bleed Kits in every school and office. Get Instinct Ready Kits and training at InstinctReady.com. Okay, let's jump back in. Yeah, it's like... Uh... What's that um, that famous interview with Kobe Bryant? You won two games. Why aren't you smiling? Was there the smile about? Have we won yet? <laughs> I, I I feel like I feel like now that twenty twenty two is in the past. Like I think we won. Like I feel like it was a really really tough year. I I talked about that a little bit on the last episode. Yeah, of like some of the challenges and and all the things that were happening. I talked about finding a win. Even while some things are not going well, you have to be strategic enough to think about the other things. Um, and like in the midst of everything last year, we launched basically a podcast network. We brought you on, which is a huge win. We brought some other people on too. We we did Atlanta, we did uh Orlando, we did all this really crazy stuff. Instinct and ready. Instinct ready, like yeah, and all this love cool those stuff, guys. Yeah. Like um Jason Martin, uh, out of Instinct Ready slash shout out to Jason Martin, our the super fan of the Readiness Network, yeah. uh, Readiness Lab Network. I feel like I feel like we it's it behooves us to say Jason Martin on every episode. I think so. Know. Yeah, uh, just to just to say thank you to that guy. But um, there's there's been there's so much going on, but last year was like the chaos year. Yeah. And this year, in terms of like goal setting for myself, it's all about creating. I don't know if stability is the right word. It is 100% it's stability. I was going to say sustainability. <laughs> sustainability? Uh, so yeah. that, like, but it's sustainability and stability are probably like hand in hand, right? Like, yeah. you can't be sustainable without some stability, <laughs> and you really can't be stable without sustaining something, right? Like, there's a, it, they kind of feed into each other. Like the only thing that was constant last year was chaos. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I awesome, still people right? don't like. At some point, we we should do the discussion of what really happened in Orlando, like what it took to mm. get Orlando to happen, because that was like I think I mean we talked about it to a degree, but like that like just to pull off something like that with like we're we're a small team that really is doing that on top of like all of the other stuff that happened. So like when you're trying to run a, an event that was, th you know, essentially five days, really, uh, three days of the full event, plus all of the setup and then breakdown, um, well, on top of running, 
yeah. And then on top of doing all the other stuff that we still have to do, like we're still like, you know, managing projects across the, you know, uh, portfolio. Um, I mean, it was like a, it was a test of resilience. I, we, we don't have to go through the whole thing again, but like just it, that though. stuff, like surviving 2022, <laughs> people getting sick, um, yeah. you know, families, like we all have families, like we're constantly dealing with like sick kids uh, and just trying to like just push and push and push. And then like this year having that goal of like, you know, let's try to set a good foundation so that the rest of the year, which a good foundation requires like some goal setting and stuff. Like if you have stuff that you're aiming for, that makes it a lot easier than like, cause like people were sort of asking us to do things and we're like, okay, let's do it. But it's like outside of our control because uh, it's not stuff that we necessarily, it, we wanted to do them obviously, but like we didn't really sort of prompt it. So like we had to sort of, it was like a group project. We had to like come into this uh yeah. and build it while it was moving versus like this year we have a you know sort of some stuff we want to work on well let's let's talk about that actually sure. a little bit because as you know whoever your boss was man was just pushing things beyond the limits so many times <laughs> uh the reality is like we could have gone a little bit slower and not accomplish so much and not have pushed beyond, you know, our, our small team of what we should have done or what we could have done, which is what we did do was uh, readiness lab network uh, puzzle pieces. We need to build the puzzle pieces and we need to be able to capitalize on that. And so all last year was the, the first half of the year, first nine months of the year, to be honest, was overcoming a difficult situation that happened from January. Yeah. September happens. Things are starting to come together. We're still having to work through a lot of different puzzle pieces or building those puzzle pieces. Now for 2023, this is why I didn't know. If, I mean, technically, yes, like um, sustainability is probably the word here, but. Uh, the word that I'm thinking of is capitalize. Now that we have all the puzzle pieces, now we need to capitalize on these puzzle pieces. We don't need more puzzle pieces. <laughs> and I, I think the, I think part of the relating this to emergency management world, when somebody says, tell me what emergency management is part of the reason why it is difficult people is, for people is because we don't have standardization. The other part of it is because we do so many things and COVID showed that it can only expand. Yeah, it's Mission Creepville. Mission, <laughs> Mission Creepville. I live in Mission Creepville. Yeah. Uh, I think it is okay to finally start saying, even as an industry, look, that's not our lane. Like, it, like sometimes it's like, hey, that's not my job is kind of like the, the worst thing that happens in construction. But sometimes for the sake of sustainability and be able to do something proficiently and do something very well, you have to say, hey, this is my scope of work and not expand. Yeah, I think emergency managers suck at that. I think we suck at that because why do you you get into this job because you want to solve problems? Like ultimately, like whatever definition you want to use, whatever training, experience, knowledge you have at the end of the day, like our job is to fit the square peg into the round hole. Uh, yeah. Like it's to fi find like the impossible solution and make it happen. And that's usually done through project management, like mostly and like network building and communicating. Like those are sort of like mm -hmm. the three pillars of emergency management in my mind, because that's everything that comes like collaboration and uh, coordination is just those three things, right? It's networking. It's it's all that stuff that's just kind of makes us emergency managers. But what we're ultimately trying to do is like fix something. And so when we see a problem, it's really hard to sit there and know that if you say no, no one else is going to fix that problem. And I, I've run into it so many times. Like professionally, it's stupid. You, you burn yourself out. That's what happened at my last, uh, you know, full-time emergency management gig. I said yes to everything because I was like, yeah, I don't know how to build a dispatch center, but they need one. So I'm going to do it because no one else has that skill set. And uh, yeah, like I'm going to take on this project that is like outside. Like I know I don't have bandwidth to literally run an event plan for every single major event, um, you know, that we have uh, because I'm an office of one or do this or do that. And yeah. 
So I think it's really hard not to, but the, so that also could get the, the other way to swing this is that like we fully lean into it and acknowledge that that's who we are and then just say like, that's our job and we need resources to do it. And if we don't do it, then nothing else is going to get done. And that's not to say like other agencies and public safety entities can't do it or government, whatever. Um, but I think that's what ends up happening is a lot of times we just say, yeah. So I have to like figure out what that like safe ground is or like the, the, like the middle ground, I guess, uh, to do that. And I think that's what we've been sort of pounding our head against the wall for the last like month, trying to come up with our like strategic and tactical goals for the next year is like, what do we say no to? And then how do we like embrace the things we're really good at, which I think every emergency manager probably should do at the start of the year. Um, yeah. And then like building out like even long-term, like once you have that, then you could start to look long-term. Like if you're always tactically in the sort of like tactical, like putting fire out mode, you can't get anything done. So like we were able to pause towards the end of the year and actually start to do some strategy. And it like was like, oh, whew, it's like a, a relief valve, you know? Yeah, it makes me wonder too of like, just because like the nature of who we are, it's also really hard to stop mid-project. Yeah. Once I start, I have to fit like I have to finish that project. I want to see uh, it, it to its completion. And I feel like an utter failure if I don't. See, I, I think like, it, for me, it's like... Culturally, it's difficult for me to like... Uh, I did like a personality test uh, for like it was professional development for my military life. And uh, one of the things that came out of it was if something seems like it's not going to achieve anything fruitful or it's or I personally just find it kind of dumb. I have absolutely no problem abandoning it mid like mid pro I'm like done. Do not care. Like it's dead to me. I've I'm moving on. Uh, so I'm, and I think like, uh, you know, there's different, uh, the, of the emergency managers that I've met in my life, there's like almost two kinds. There's like the ones that are like, they have, like, they're so either mission driven or like task oriented like that they have to complete it. And that gives them like the hit. And then there's like the, the schlubs like me that just like come in and we're like, that's a bad idea. Do it this way. Peace out. Ops life, you know, and you're like, what just happened what here? Like, snowboarding. Like, that guy just came in and screwed up everything. And they're like, well, it's actually not a terrible idea, but we're already in this process. Like, why don't we keep completing it? Um, and yeah, that's that's an interesting dynamic. Uh, we're way off track already in this podcast as I knew what it was going to happen, we? but uh, yeah, I, I that was another thing. Like, I think in coming into this year is trying to, um, you know. I, I think every year I have to like refresh myself on like who I am. And I think all of in your, you should do this within your team as well. So like figure out sort Wait, of like the, <laughs> there you go. the more, you know, um, you know, trying to, uh, take stock of who you have in your team, who you're like missing. Um, my old boss at, uh, at the university was, extremely extremely detail oriented and i am like the complete opposite of that so like oh. when we're like but we so because we recognize that at first it was like this very like it was friction right just caused friction all the time um because i'm like why are you so in the weeds on this this is so, such a waste of time it makes no sense and then he's like well because this is how it's always been done this is how i've done it for the last you know like umpteen years like this is my process like don't screw up my process and then there was like a moment where we we're like, oh, you do it this way. I do it this way. Why are we fighting this? Like, that's fine. Like, you are the one who's going to like, make sure that stuff is, um, you know, fully vetted and is going to sort of function as it needs to. Um, but you're not, you're not the person who's like going to get this like, aha, spur of the moment creative thought um, to like, come up with something that's completely outside of like our normal practice or something, or that's like, mm. You know, so it was like, okay, cool. So that's how we need to work then. Like, uh, when we run into an issue, I'm going to come up with a bunch of stuff. You're going to shoot down the things that are stupid. We're going to find this like perfect, you know, sort of uh, uh, meeting in the middle here. And then that's what we'll resolve. And it, once we sort of got used to that, it worked really, really, really well. Um, 
And then I had to work, and that's not to say I was like, oh, I'm just not going to do details, or I'm not going to things see things through. Like that's something I had to work on, and I continue to work on because I know it's a weakness. Um, and then he also had to basically like throw in the towel sometimes. And I'm like, no, we're doing it this way. Like, I understand like you're in this process, but like, that's, that's dumb. We're not doing that. Like, I don't care. Like we have to do it a different way. And so do, I'm not giving anyone an out for being a, like having a crappy personality or a crappy approach to it. Like sometimes you have to acknowledge like your weaknesses and, and, uh, solve that. But, um, yeah, I think recognizing, you know, at the beginning of the year, just taking stock again of like what works, what doesn't work and where do we need to improve um, across the board is like just a good practice. So in terms of your EM career, what works, what doesn't work for you? Um, so it's funny when I first started, I thought I would hate planning hmm. because it's got so many uh, detail oriented people in it. Like people who are attracted to planning tend to be people who are like, really um hello just, <laughs> people like john no um and uh and i was like oh man i don't know if i could like even like sort of mix with this crap but then i also found like planning gave me some stability because my brain is just like bouncing off the walls all the time that like it's really hard for me sometimes to like uh even like take stop like stop and like think about a situation and so like i really started to enjoy planning because I was like, oh, I can actually set some guardrails and like still be the person that I am, but like plan to a point where I can then start to wing it. You know, I'm always, I'm very comfortable winging it. Like that's one thing, like I don't, like I have absolutely, like, some people are so afraid of like, no, I have to have something in place before I like, give me the tools I need to like get this project done. And I'm like, whatever, I've got like a, you know, half a stick of gum, a rubber band and a razor blade, and I will fix whatever it is that you're trying to do. Um, but that also means like a lot of times you're getting like kind of crappy solutions, like they're the best solutions for what you have, because there's nothing going on, but it's not really a great solution. So I've actually started to evolve towards like really enjoying planning. And then when I joined the USAR team, um, the team chief was like, yeah, I'm putting you in planning. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. I guess that makes sense. The emergency manager. And, uh, I was like, oh man, I don't know if I got, is this going to work with me? And then I was like, actually, I love this because like planning drives a lot of the, you know, the strategy and the, the decisions and planning can actually drive a lot of the tactics. So I get to take like my tactical brain and think like, well, if I was out in the field, what would I need to do? Like, what would make my life easier instead of being out there and going, oh, now I got to figure this out. Um, so that was something that like over the last couple of years, I've really figured out. And I think in the last year, um, I've found it to be helpful, uh, particularly in like the stuff that we ran into where like stuff didn't go well. Like it took me a second to sort of, I did realize like I also need to like pause and like step back from stuff sometimes and like get the big picture. Like that was definitely the the uh, Orlando situation like really spun me up. And, uh, but then I was like, what's the deal? Like this is like, you have the solution, like just figure it out. Like it'll be fine and lean into that. Um, where I was like, okay, I we had the plans. It was going really well. I was doing the planning thing. And then when the plans failed, which is the whole point of this, right? Like you do your plans to get you to a point where you don't have plans and now you have to think, you know, a little bit more creatively. Um, and it worked. And I was like, okay, well, that's a good thing. So like I need to like work on that more sort of like professionally as an emergency manager. So speaking of Orlando, um, this is going to be a part of the conversation where people might be like, what? Um because we had all the challenges, I wouldn't say because that's not the right word. Um, with all the challenges, are you glad that we did Orlando? Like, um, you know what I'm trying to say by that? Are well, you, so my my uh, give up on stupid ideas that. part of my brain was like, psh, punch out. Like, this is this is not what we wanted to do. Uh, let's get out of here. Um, and I think that's where my, that side of my personality was like really like screaming at me. Like, we don't have I to mean, do this. This is not a thing that has you. to be done. Huh? It wasn't just screaming at you. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I was, and <laughs> yeah, 
I think we all probably certainly came to that conclusion. But like, to me, like, that's just like where I was like, this isn't working. Like, let's find a different solution versus like, oh, this isn't working. Let's find a different solution. Um, and so once we were there and it was working right up until I absolutely ravaged my voice into like a bloody mess, um, and couldn't speak for about a week, which, uh, my wife appreciated that. Um, the, once we were there and things went like, even though they were not what we had hoped it would be, and it was not what we originally envisioned, I was like, oh, this is happening and it's going really well and people are enjoying it and they're getting stuff out of this. And that's the point of emergency management is like we're, we are getting through it regardless of what happened. Now, again, it's not a real emergency. I would have loved to have had our ideal scenario work out or to pause and step back and try to like build the beautiful thing, vision that we had. Um, but I think that is also like a, that's like my ego more than anything is like, well, if it's not what I promised someone, then is it like what it's supposed to be? And then it was like, oh, that's not actually what we promised people. Like what we promised people was this really important experience where they're going to like get a bunch of stuff out of this. And then we kind of built everything on the, like not on the fly, like we built everything up to make it work. And then it worked really well. And there was stuff there that like, honestly, we didn't know was going to work really well because we hadn't done it before. And it happened. And now it's like, this is actually probably better than Atlanta in a lot of ways um, because we had things there that uh, because of the the sort of initial challenges that we had to come up with. Um, and uh, when we did the sort of after action, like some of the stuff that we thought was going to be the biggest challenge was actually like what kind of made it the biggest strength and made it more realistic and everything. So um, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, ugh, like, had I been given an out, I probably would have taken it. Um, yes. But because we didn't have that, or you didn't let us do that, then, Bingo. Um, you know, it was like, all right, like, it, it took me probably 24 hours to sort of like step back and sort of like figure out like, okay, what can we possibly do to like make this happen? Because this was like weeks, two weeks, three weeks, three, two weeks. It was two, it was uh it was about two weeks. total venue change yeah so um but it all worked out and you know it was one of those definitely a personal lesson and uh i think it was a if we were to write a full after action you could have applied it to like almost any sort of disaster scenario like it was it was as close to a uh responding to a disaster as i've seen it yeah um here's my here's my takeaway on Orlando, and you're going to think this is really messed up, probably. Um, when I said I don't like the idea of not being able to complete something once I start, mm. it wasn't because I don't find things mundane, and then if they're mundane or stupid, I back out. Is if I if I'm excited about something, that is when it's it's nearly impossible. There's always the op I mean, you always have to put the asterisks there, of course, but it is nearly impossible to get me to stop. Either somebody has to absolutely prove to me that it is wrong or uh, I will complete the task. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's not to say like I have learned you're talking about I'm, this, this is all this building up to this talking about personality types. I've taken uh, a personality test a couple different times and I've learned that personality tests are probably BS, but I've taken the same one a couple different times over the course of years in my undergrad and my master's. I had to take the same one uh, for both for different like Myers Briggs or something. Yeah, I got it's the 16 personalities test. Yeah. And I get the same one every time. And the character that it says I most like is Jack Sparrow. Now, you can say that's either a really bad thing or a really good thing, but. It, it's true. Like I'm an Where's innovator the on the fly. I'm yeah. a lot like you in the fact that like I have absolutely no problem winging things. People who listen to the show are like, yeah, definitely. I can tell <laughs> the show's all over the place, but uh, like I can give speeches, I can get up there and just go. And I think that makes me a really good emergency manager in a disaster. When the plan's not working, it's just like, find a way. Um, the Orlando experience. If, I knew what I knew now. Would I do Orlando? No. But in the process of our doing Orlando and working with 
somebody that I just had hired only a couple months ago and uh, uh, one of my staff members who was in a new role and a really small team, I was secretly very excited because I knew a couple things that, that were going to happen. One, we already had the content. Like for all the for all the logistical things that we had to come yeah. up with apply, the content was still there. And so from the student perspective, I knew we were going to get really good feedback from the student. I had I had 100% confidence in that. So I knew that was going to happen. Um because uh another person on our staff was uh overwhelmed and beat up and tired before Atlanta and the at the end of the first day they were just over the moon. They could not believe how great it was. And so I knew the same thing was going to happen to you. So that was that was one. The other thing is there's almost nothing better than going through the trenches together. And I know this might sound a little manipulative or, you know, whatever, but I knew that if we could fight through it and we could find a win through this, and this year was the stability year, then we can say we did this really hard thing in Orlando. And so if smaller problems popped up, then we can get through it. If we had given up in Orlando, if we didn't do it, if we didn't overcome the logistical problems, I, I had the thought that I was like, there will be no overcoming this. Like we won't be able to overcome this as a team. <clears throat> um, yeah. Or do hard things. So now that we know we can do hard things, we should appreciate when things are not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I think there is some to that. Yeah. Uh, the other part of it was we can never forget that the content that we came up with is based off of real world experiences from all the people who participate. We have world-class instructors. And when you have those elements together, it's nearly impossible for an emergency manager to walk into a room, to not see really great content, to hear like literally the best person in the world talking about this and think this sucks. Yeah. I think the students also like, I, one thing that I've realized now is also having emergency management students like who are used to adapting on the fly as well, I think also helps. I think our, our non-emergency management students were like, I mean, they were just completely caught in the headlights anyways. Um, Cause they're like, Oh my God, this is what you guys do. Um, but that was awesome. Actually, everyone uh, was like pretty amicable to decisions that we made. Like there was like some uh, pushback on certain things where the chairs, which, yeah, which is just, I mean, like, you know, again, like those are things that like, Oh my God, like work in a real no kidding disaster. And you're like, who cares what you're sitting? I'm like, you know, obviously we want to like make the experiences awesome every single time. Like we try to improve it, make it better. So all those lessons, like things that people tell us we're taking into account and trying to like fix all that. Um, and honestly, like most of the time that we get feedback, that's sort of like negatively tilted. It's, it's like comfort level things that like are, you know, it's like, yes, if that's all we have to improve is make like a slightly more cushy chair available or something, that's awesome. Um, because that means like everything else are like, yeah, the content was great, learned tons, really pumped up, can't wait to bring this back and I wanna do more of this stuff. Um, and so we, again, having had uh, a really important, like a, uh, this just beautiful vision of what we were gonna accomplish and then like having to figure that out again, two weeks later in a different venue and making it work, was awesome. But I also think we owe a lot to the students of just being like, cool, like we're going to also grin and bear it and get through that. Um, and that's not necessarily the intent of the program. Um, but I think that's going to happen. I mean, it happens even at like, I like the IEM conference, for instance, uh, one year I went and there was a hurricane that went through. I didn't have a room the first day. Like my room had flooded out and I was like, Psh, I'll sleep on the floor if I have to, like, I'm here at this point, I'm not going home. So like, yeah. we'll make it work. And, um, so like just being that adaptable person, no matter what in your career, in your life and your experiences, um, especially for emergency managers, like I imagine if like, we're like, we're going to have a party right now in that field and they're going to be like, all right, well, I see some like leftover timber over there. I'm going to go start that a fire. So it's nice and warm. And, uh, I've got a bunch of like, you know, burgers in the freezer. Like I'll take those out. Like, you don't have to like sit there and like overthink anything like they just sort of like get into motion and i think that's like what we did is we were just like all right once we finally like kind of like stopped and we're like we have to do this then it's like just do it like just do it and get it over with um it might have been uh more of a challenge because we didn't have ashley there 
who is the person who like can see things through when, uh, you know, uh, that isn't happening. Like John and I just constantly getting creative can cause lots of problems actually sometimes. And, uh, so we were definitely missing Ashley on that, but, uh, we had Rachel, uh, also, who's a very good detailer into person. She kind of oriented us a few times. Uh, we had the instinct ready, uh, team there. Um, you know, that are just kind of good at like managing logistics. So like, that was a huge help. Um, yeah, it just, it, that was a, it was like a microcosm for like everything else in the year, right? Like what we've, I mean, the last like three years. Um, so speaking of like sustainability and like stability is also like, maybe we're fine. Well, I don't know. I thought we were actually through (laughs) COVID, uh, this year has been a nightmare around here with COVID flu and RSV and Mm -hmm. stuff, but like moving on to that next thing, like, uh, you know, for maybe finally for the, after three years of this is like you know, trying to get that stability and like move on from like the things that don't go well. I I tend to dwell on stuff that like doesn't go exactly how I wanted it to, even though like I don't plan stuff. So like you kind of set yourself up for failure a lot of times, but <laughs> <Me too. laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But I want to like, I, I don't know, like coming out of that, I was like, all right, like I can move on from this. Uh, we did it. And now it's like less ominous in the future. Like we've been through it. So like, you know, lessons learned, AAR is done, like we're ready to be better every single time. And that was only the second one that we did also. Like we had to caveat that a few times, like, you know, like we can only plan and prepare for so much, but if like a venue collapses the two weeks beforehand, then like there's nothing we can do about that, um, you know, at this point. So there's a, I'm going to screw this up, but there's like a phrase that basically says like, I lived through yesterday and I'm smiling today. So I know I can smile tomorrow. Yeah. And I think a lot of emergency managers, like fatigue is real. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to do a special uh, episode here later in this year talking about fatigue and how to overcome like response fatigue, emergency management fatigue. And it'll be a, a, a powerful episode with that guest. But the the reality is like there's so many good things happening and uh, we need to find wins. And so maybe for this last segment, because we, we talked a lot about um, if, if anything, for we really haven't even talked about going forward either. We're still doing like the recap. <laughs> That's fine. We just I, two episodes. Re- you know, if somebody's really listening to this episode, uh, and if they know what's going on, you just had Zach. This is for listeners, right? You just had Zach talking about almost from like a staff perspective of like how to how to operate when things aren't going to plan, and you just heard some of my thoughts of like the leadership qualities it takes to have a vision when literally everyone around you could be saying stop. And um, sometimes you do need to stop and take inventory if it's a personal issue. But sometimes when it's a vision for work, to be able to say, I believe in this mission and I believe in the team enough, even when they, they are exhausted and may not believe in themselves. And I think those are really phenomenal lessons to learn um, something that I'm still learning, quote unquote, as a leader, I want to get better at that. I want to get better at motivating people in ways that excite them. There's all the, there's a book about 17 different leadership styles and somebody can look into that if they want. But um, for the sake of like not talking about leadership and nauseam, there's an opportunity for everybody to in their career to motivate themselves and to other people to get the job done. And we had a job in Orlando that had to get done. We have a lot of things that need to get done this year um, that we're excited about. As as listeners of this podcast, our job on both of our shows and across the network is to create content for you guys that you want to listen to. And so, you know, we have a we have an opportunity to do that quite a bit. So, my question really is now to now Zach as EM Weekly Zach. Yeah. Um, and not so much Doberman Zach is, you know, in, instead of setting goals and creating sustainability as an emergency manager, what are you going to focus on? You specifically and yeah. really as the field, like what do we need to do in 2023 to like have smiling days, if you know what I mean? Yeah. So I got five things that um, I had thought about before we started recording. Um, I actually started thinking about this last week. 
One is I, I want to get back into the field some more. So last year was a lot of like administrative stuff, like, you know, training and exercising, which we're out there, we're, we're doing the, the thing. Um, but I, I also like, uh, I, the year before I was on, uh, the COVID mission for five months. And so I was like every day, you know, different locations. It was, it was the mission. It was fun. It was like, oh yeah, I've got sort of that purpose again, that got me recharged. That's sort of like what kind of got me back into from like, I was doing Intel analyst, uh, stuff. And then I was like, I want to go back into emergency management. I really like this stuff. Um, so I want to, and, and I'm not saying like necessarily deployed to, you know, a hurricane Ian level event. It could be, uh, you know, what I'm really hoping to do is actually do more stuff in my community and just help them, uh, with their emergency management stuff. Um, but just get out from behind the desk. I think a lot of emergency managers, uh, really struggle to just get out from behind the desk. We all sit here and we go, we don't have a mission or like no one's calling me. Um, every single incident in your community, every single event in your community, you can support it as a volunteer, as a part-timer, whatever you want to do, even in your professional goal, if you're a professional emergency manager, because I hear a lot of emergency managers who are like, I just kind of do plans and then nothing else happens. Um, is there a house fire in your community? I guarantee like every single town has a fire at some point and that requires mass care. It requires logistics. It requires uh, resource management. You can do that stuff. It doesn't have to be a hurricane that gets you out from behind your desk. So I'm a huge advocate for just get out and do it. So I'm going to do that because I didn't do enough of that last year. Um, and it's like flexing that muscle, right? You don't want your like the stuff to atrophy. Um, the next thing is like push the button. And this is probably more of like for other people, like <laughs> we've talked to so many people this year about like just mass notification, how they like buy these systems and they were, they're like, this is great. We got all this technology and they're like, won't use it because they're so afraid of like what it could do or breaking it or not using it properly. Um, so like I'm talking about this in like the literal sense, like if you have mass notification, use your mass notification software. You want to use it when it's sunny out, not when it's, uh, you know, the, the worst stuff is happening. Uh, get proficient, uh, do that. But like push the button, like go do like, like if, you, if you're thinking about it or you've got a piece of software, you've got something you want to try, like go do it, push the button. Um, personally, I want to do more creative stuff. Um, I think uh, it part of my, the way my brain works is if I like don't get to like just pause and sort of like make stuff or do stuff like the podcast does that to a degree. Um, I've started like doing drawing. I used to do a lot of video editing. I've done like, I want to do video game stuff. Like I just want to go do stuff. Uh, I might do stand up again. I haven't done stand up in like many years, but I did stand up for like two or three years and it was really fun. And, uh, so I want to do that again, do some comedy, uh, like read my favorite joke. Yeah. A magician was driving down a road. Then he turned into a driveway. <laughs> All right. So John, maybe, uh, maybe stick to like what, like you're good at. <laughs> <laughs> I will <laughs> I have this um, I have this <laughs> it's a terrible joke there was a hand gesture uh, a, like a razzle dazzle <laughs> hand gesture for those who are listening and didn't get to see the visual the that joke I've said to it's such a terrible joke it's it's not really funny at all but every time my wife gets mad at me I say that same joke to my wife and she's just like like it's the I don't know. It's like saying I love you when she's mad at me. Like I just, I just start telling her I love her. John, why did you? I love you. I love you. So it's it's the same thing. I say diffusing. That yeah, you just diffuse it's the situation. So if, if you're getting yelled at by somebody, try <laughs> saying that joke. Uh, I uh, all right. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll throw this out there as a as a huge professional development goal for people out there. Take a a stand up comedy, a improv course, a singing class. Something that gets you into a very uncomfortable situation, especially a public speaking, because that is your job, whether you like to acknowledge it or not, as an emergency manager, you are a public speaker, you are a outreach person. Yeah. Take those courses, do it. It'll be the best thing you'll do professionally your entire career. Like I've done a billion different ICS courses. I've done tons of exercises. Uh, I would say the uh, Vermont Comedy Club intro to comedy class was probably has done more for me professionally than anything else that I've done because I realized like a comedy can get you out of a lot of bad situations. 
people remember things that are funny. So all my exercises, like hopefully people in uh, Orlando and Atlanta appreciated that I inject humor into everything. Um, and it also like you, you think on your feet. So that's one of the reasons I want to do more creative stuff is like, it actually does help you professionally. It also is like good to just like step back sometimes and like just doodle, like just that's how your brain works. Like you have to just like take a second and think about stuff. And I did not do enough of that last year. I think that was part of the reason, like I got so hung up on the Orlando situation was, it was like charge forward, charge forward, charge forward, charge forward. And it's like, wait, no, that's stupid. Like that gets you killed in war, right? Like if you're not really thoughtful in what you're doing, you're just going to get blown up. You're going to walk into the, like the tripwire. So like I had to stop for a second and like look around. And in that time, like, you know, that's when all of a sudden your brain's like, oh, I have a moment to like think and be creative. And then it's like, oh, in that situation, it was like, here's the solution we've been looking for that I've been struggling with for the last like 48 hours. Um, We're talking about being creative and I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, Um, of course. But it is actually pretty amazing. Like taking a break and like doing something creative. I, my kids are three and two. Yeah. And, um, we'll sit there and we'll play with dinosaurs. And my son will say like, what's the name of the scary dinosaurs? I'm like, Oh, that's the carnivores. You know, just like thinking, yeah. what's the name of the weak dinosaurs? Oh, that's the herbivores. What's the name of the nice dinosaurs? Oh, that's the porphivores. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. Anyways, oh, that was good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, James Podlucky has been posting a lot. So he just, uh, he's been on your podcast. Uh, he's like one of my like emergency management confidants now. Uh, really good dude. Uh, works for Everbridge. Um, he's, yeah, we've, we've done a lot of cool stuff with him. Uh, and one of the things that he started posting, so he just had his, uh, a baby and he's like, Oh, like unplugging for a little bit and like going for a walk and playing with my kids like is actually way better for my mental health and my ability to work than trying to just like plow through things and like even you know one of the lucky things that we can do is work from home like we're both very fortunate and um during COVID, it was awesome like i've spent more time with my kids than i think like i did with my parents growing up like for their my entire like childhood because we were all home and together and like had to like do stuff. Um, but like, even then, like I, I have gotten into this mindset sometimes where like, I feel like I can't get up from my desk and like, it can be really liberating to walk to the end of my road to get my mail or to like run into town real fast. Like I'm not talking like disappearing for hours, like 20 minutes, 15 minutes and go get a coffee somewhere. And just like you're, you step away from your desk and you're like, Oh, I'm not a like, prisoner here like i'm here because i want to be here and i want to do this so like you know taking those little moments to like step back and like just don't think about what you're thinking about that's when all of a sudden you have these like epiphanies and these like aha moments okay uh steve johnson steve johnson is a professor he is the head of seaburn for the british army and he's a police officer and I asked him, I said, okay, like one, like, how do you juggle all that? And he said, honestly, like, I love all three of them, but I can't do them all the time. If I do like one for a little while, then I get really, really good at that just by taking a break and going back and just oh, like, yeah. challenging your brain in different ways. And I think that is one of the the wisest counsels anyone could ever give. You just gave it, Steve Johnson's giving it, stepping away and doing something. It's amazing how how much more actually proficient you can be at doing the job by not doing it all the time. Yeah. Cause you, you, you'll be, you'll grow to like resent it. I don't know how people do the same job for like 30 years. Like I, like I know so many of like the previous generation, like my grandparents are like, Oh yeah, I stayed in one place forever. And of course it was pension, which we don't have basically anymore. It's essentially gone. You're not going to get in a Doberman. Yeah. (laughs) The, uh, uh, but like, uh, I also need that variety. Um, and I, I have to sometimes like it gets very expensive. Like I go into a hobby and I'll do it for like six months and then I kind of move on. I've got a, a there's actually an aviation headset back here from when I was doing my flight lessons a couple of years ago that I like haven't finished. Um, you know, like sometimes you do have to just kind of like go do something for a little bit, get it out of your system. And like uh, like you said, it flexes your brain in a different way. It's just like uh, exercising, right? Like if you do the same exercise over and over and over, you're only going to like work those muscles and like it can actually start to affect other parts of your system like doing the sort of like 
mixing stuff up and like trying different things um, is better for you mentally, physically. Um, so yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, the in, in line with this, also reading more. I want I want to do more reading. Um, I gen, I've actually started reading more. I I read nothing but like military history and like disaster books and just like constant nonfiction. And I started reading more fiction and that like escape has been really, really nice, especially with everything that's going on. And like, you can look at like storytelling historically, like uh, part of it is like to give you that escape so that you can think of, you know, be aspirational and inspired and like, you know, do other stuff. So I'm going to try to like do more of the, that's something like, I I don't know. I was always like, I was a nerd. Like I read textbooks. Like I would buy a textbook that I was not in a course. I would buy a textbook and read it. And so like, that's just not a great, like that doesn't help you be creative. It's like, you can learn lots of stuff. That's great. But like, I was like, I need to like read stuff that's outside of my comfort zone. So I've been trying to do a lot more of that. The, uh, I'm just going to keep pairing off of this. and like, yeah. showing like why, like for our listeners sake, like what you're saying, like is so impactful. This specific one, uh, in particular, emergency managers sometimes don't realize how incredibly boring they sound. <laughs> if all you're doing every single time you're going and talking to the director of a hospital or about, you know, even the government agency is about the looming disasters. Yeah. You sound awful. You know what, though? If they have a book on their table and it's Lord of the Rings and you're talking about how, you know, uh, you're, you're Minas Tirith and it's, it's, it's lightning and it's in fasting and how J.R. Tolkien puts, you know, wordplay together and what, like, the, just having a conversation about something else besides the job they will actually want to talk to you. The re- part of the reason why going back to kind of Orlando um, and some of the trainings that we do is like that we do like social events. One is we want to build the camaraderie, but two is like to do something else that just shows people that they have a personality top golf. Yeah. Great equalizer. Everybody sucks at it. So it's like, um, like another example is, um, uh, and I've shared this a couple times, like, I build an augmented reality sandbox. One is really cool to do that. But two, it was just like showing that like we have other talents. You want to be interesting to the people around you. And if you are not interesting, if you don't have any hobbies or talents or whatever to explore outside of your job, people will only look at you for the job. And if it's not in gray sky, then they might try to avoid you. Yeah. If you're being an interesting person. You talk, you talked about stand-up comedy. That's a fantastic option. You know, I've given public speeches like my whole life because I go to church. That's helped me out quite a bit. Like whatever your thing is, do something more than just the job. I'm passionate about the job. You're passionate about the job. But having hobbies is fantastic. Well, I mean, think about everyone that has, that's like those people in your lives that you're like, just like magnetically attracted to it's almost always because they're good storytellers, right? Like they know how to engage people. They're charismatic. Like that is something emergency managers can struggle with because we deal with like dark things. Like we deal with things that people don't want to think about. In fact, um, oh God, who was I talking to about this? I was talking to someone, maybe it was you, John. I don't remember, but they were uh, telling someone about like what they do and um, the person just being like, no, I don't want to hear it. I don't, I don't want to know. Like I, this is, this is not something I'm comfortable with. Like mm. I, I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't want to think about disasters. I don't want to think about this. It was one of my friends. I was talking about like, just, um, trying to, you know, communicate sometimes like preparedness. And they were like, oh yeah, we were talking about like the, the coming storm or whatever. And they were like, I don't want to even hear about it. Like I'm, af- I'm afraid of the wind. I'm going to lose power and all my stuff is going to get destroyed. I don't even want to think about it. And that a lot of that is like, how we communicate that message. And I think we emergency managers and, and the government struggle to communicate because they think they have to be like this prim and proper or like very explicit sometimes in like directions versus like, that's fine. That stuff is important. Give really good information. But like, there's also a, a component of like storytelling and like engagement and um, charisma that is really important. And you can see this in like different presidents that we've had. You can see this in different uh, leaders that you've followed. 
like people that are charismatic, you're like, okay, like I can, like, I get it. Like they, they're, they're relieving, uh, some stress out of me. Like there's something that I could, like, you can follow them. Like, you know, your approach to just Orlando, just being like, relax, like, we're going to figure it out. Like, just don't stress over it. Just try to figure out what we could do. And it's like, okay, I have permission to fail here. Like, that's important. And, um, you know, like now I can sort of like take a second and like, think about this versus if you were like, get this done. I don't care what has to be done. Get it done. If you had done that, I would have been like pound sand. I quit. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this, yeah. you know? And it's that approach is really, really important. Not just, uh, the interpersonal stuff with like a business, but like how you're communicating to your constituents and you can see when they fail, man, you want to see a emergency manager get hung out to dry. It's because they either have an ego or they, uh, they can't communicate or, you know, like just that ability, you can win a situation so fast by just being a good, you know, storyteller and being like, you know, if someone comes at you with like, Hey, you screwed up really bad. You know, you can be like, uh, no, we didn't like, we did everything right. Versus like, we have to acknowledge like things maybe didn't go the way we wanted to. Here's why, you know, explaining a situation, like being able to sort of provide context and stuff in ways that like people aren't going to get otherwise. Like that I think is just like, if, if anything you're working on this year, like it's just be a better communicator, uh, no matter what your job is, every single component of emergency management's communication. So, well, I mean, you're talking about like, gosh, Buffalo, New York, 37 plus people dying. Yeah. I say 37 plus because I know about the 37. You know, somebody put on uh, on one of the social media, like, oh, let the blatant game begin. And they were blaming each other. And I was like, okay, first of all, people are, it's still cold there. Yeah. yeah there's still a lot of snow there. People are still dead. And you, you still have a, a disaster in your hands and it's also still a winter. So sometimes you have to be able to take it. Like, yeah, yeah there is blame here. Um, and we also have to remember as emergency managers, this is really hard to both say and hear, but there is still something called personal responsibility for all the travel bans. You talk about all the travel bans in California. There were people who went out and got COVID during COVID and no one was supposed to be on there. There's a, a famous video of somebody in Buffalo where the cop was, you know, through the speaker there. Oh uh, yeah. Saying, hey, what are you doing? Go home. You know, and, you know, there's supposed to be a there's uh, we need to be able to uh, co effectively communicate and then maybe not put every single thing that's going to happen in all caps or saying, you know, these dramatic words when it's not going to be dramatic. So when it is dramatic and we use the dramatic language, it actually has weight. Yeah. And I think that comes back to being a good storyteller having a better perspective of things, having, you know, more talents, you're being able to go to the director or go to, go to those constituents and saying like, Hey, this is going to suck for a couple of days, but just stay home versus, Hey, this thing is called a bomb cyclone for a reason. I hate the term bomb cyclone, by the way, but hey, this is going to be really bad. So when they know, Hey, they're using a different language here than what they typically use. Yeah, but you can't have that conversation if if every single time you're coming out of the gate like the national the, the National Weather Service is like sort of figuring this out now after being like this extremely you know uptight bureaucratic organization. Um, their communication has gotten so much better. They're using more graphics. They're using more image. They're using more videos. They are letting their forecasters talk more. Like uh, getting out there. One thing that I really like to do is read the forecast and then read the forecasters discussion. So every single National Weather Service page, if you click on it, there's a forecasters discussion at the bottom. It's links that most people don't click on. There's so much like personality and character in there. I'm like, why is this not the forecast? Like, you know, like there was uh, uh, just these discussion points. Nope, you'll see them posted every once in a while, mostly because emergency managers and weather people read this, but you'll see a clip and you're like, that's really funny. Like there's a joke in there or like, Oh, that's so interesting. I'd never thought about that. Or like, uh, with the upcoming atmospheric river event in California, um, there was one that I saw posted. Um, and I want to say, I think it was Rakesh Barina, uh, was who shared it. One of the people that I follow and, 
Um, it was something like saying like, listen, this is a once in a career event. Like you need to be like, I, I'm, I'm never going to see this again. And I've done this for 20 years. I'm never going to see this again. If you see that, that's like, whoa. Like if the person who's been doing this forever is like, this is different. That carries weight versus being like, yes, bombogenesis, a, a cyclone that's negatively tilted coming across the blah, 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 and the lows and the highs. and blah, blah. That yeah. means nothing to anyone. Um, but that thing saying like, listen, I've done this for a long time. Um, you know, you don't have to listen to me, but I'm telling you, this is something that's making me nervous. You're like, oh, now I'm going to pay attention. I'm leaning into this. So, well, we were hearing things in St. Louis, like the entire country, the Northern hat, like all these things. We had an inch of snow and it was cold. Yeah. And while that sucks, uh, that is not what happened in Buffalo. No, that's not even what happened in Vermont. Yeah. I mean, we got shellacked here. Yeah. Um, and it's like, so when we were like, oh, you know, another kind of like overblown, it's kind of a pun there, uh, overblown situation. And then we hear about Buffalo. We're like, oh, shoot, for them it was, you know. Um, yeah. I, I agree with you. The National Weather Service is changing. Uh, Ken Graham was on Disaster Tough last year and he talked about that. And he talked about the history of like the stupid stuff like the all caps thing yeah i love that it's just like it's really fascinating to hear like the director of the national weather service saying like yeah we need to get better at communicating with people and we all know it that's the thing that's so frustrating like we all know this we're preaching to the choir everyone that's listening to this knows they got to get better at public speaking what is it that holds us back from it i guess that's the question is it like uh they're afraid of the afraid to take the leap of the process People are, are are embarrassed of the process. I'm going to I'm going to give a the best experience I ever had in my entire life uh that has caused like just released so much mental agony and stress from me. I don't matter. <laughs> I think when I'd screw up that the whole world is ending. It is not. Like my when I do something embarrassing, people might talk about it for like a split second, even if it was captured on video and it's the most viral TikTok thing on the face of the earth, it's all gone within 24 hours. And we're all so caught up in our own mindsets. We're not thinking about, so like if you get up on stage and you bomb as a comedian, you're like, it's, it's painful. It sucks. I never did it. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it it sucks. Lot, but yeah. the truth is like, if you get up there and you try it and you get through it, you, you've come out the other side. It's done. Don't worry about it. Every, no one's going to think about this. I do embarrassing stuff around my family all the time. And it's mostly because I've just, I don't care anymore. Like it's, it's not that like, you know, swing for the fences, uh, do things that are outside your comfort zone. That is like, that is life. If you're not doing that, you're missing out on the most important part of your life. And it's, and it's going to help you personally. It's going to help you professionally. Go take the singing lesson, go take the stand up class, go take the drawing class, build something, um, you know, I say yes to stuff. I got to be in popular mechanics magazine. Cause I responded to a, uh, a survey and I responded. I was like, you know what? I really like popular mechanics uh, magazine. And they sent this and I'm going to fill it out fully. And they're like, you're going to be the first non-popular mechanics editor to have a section in popular mechanics. And I was like, that's awesome. And it was all because I was just like, say yes, like just do it. Like, and just lean into it. Who cares? What's the worst that happens? nothing we've now come full circles because we started the podcast by saying learn to say no and now we're saying say yes but <laughs> i think learn to say no is like a good thing yeah I think but also really saying matters yes. is like just to like to wrap this up yeah is like situational awareness is so important and personal situational awareness maybe that's the really the theme of 2023 maybe why we talk about orlando so much on this episode is because you need to be aware enough to be able to say no when you need to say no. And you need to be aware enough and have enough courage to say yes when you should say yes. And one reason why you shouldn't say no is because you haven't done it before. Yeah. Or another way to say that is like, it's okay to fail. Yes. And we all need to be more okay with failure. The big problem why people are, I think, are really afraid of public speaking and doing that kind of stuff is because people get absolutely blasted. Yeah. But the reason why the people are getting blasted, and people forget about this, is because they're saying things that are rude, hurtful, you know, misplaced. But we're also so uptight that if we relax just a little bit, 
we wouldn't come off as being hurtful. We'd be coming off as more realistic and human and actually more compassionate and doing things uh, to al- allowing yourself to failure. You're talking, I was laughing when you said, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't matter. Uh, and how you had to change that mindset of like, it's okay to, to, to not matter. I used to date girls in high school and college. And I would think if I break up with them, they will never find anybody else <laughs> ever again. I was so narcissistic. And oh I was like, my honestly God. shocked and happy yeah. when they would like start dating other people. Wow, I can't believe like, yeah, Oh man, they're, that's they're never going to find anybody. But once I realized it was like, dude, I'm just another guy to most people, to my wife. Hopefully I'm her world. <laughs> I will. But like it, it's okay to like move on and try new yeah. things. And, and so like 20, laugh at yourself. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm calling it like 2023 needs to be the year of personal situational awareness. Take st- personal stock and say like, if you're really bad at something, try something new, try to do it better, get better at it. It's okay to fail in the process. It's a journey and be on this journey with us on the, on these shows we want to get better in our shows every week. We try new things. We, we've tried a lot of new things in 2022, and we will keep on trying new things. I'm starting season four. This is going to be technically season seven of EM Weekly. And so, like, enjoy this journey with us. Tell us the, the new things that you're willing to try. And if you have an idea for one of our podcasts that you want us to try out, let us know. And, you know, we'll look at that and maybe we'll say yes, maybe we'll say no. We'll take that situational awareness and run with it. Boom. Boom. That's it. 2023. End of of episodes. Uh, It's a bomba genesis of ideas. uh, One hour of EM Weekly Disaster Tough. Want to close this out? Yeah. By saying something cool to close this out? Oh, you me. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, go ahead. Whenever you're ready, close it out. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, my, my closer is like, just, uh, do fun stuff, like try new things, uh, get over yourself, laugh at yourself, uh, be kind to people. We're all stressed out. Like life is hard right now. It's always hard, but like, we're, we're all going through stuff. So give each other a break, um, fail fast, try new things. Remember that I apologize and I'm sorry, basically mean the same thing except at a funeral. I want to follow. All right. <laughs> Goodbye, and we'll see you for the next one. Peace. See you, bye.